Good morning, Christ Church. I'm going to need an extra dose of y'all's prayers this morning. I'm still a little messed up from them bright mansions. Amen. And thank you to the choir and to the music ministry here. Such a blessing. That's uh, one on my list for my funeral. <laughs> so I don't know if that'll happen while I'm serving here or sometime yonder, but in bright mansions. It's good by me. Amen. So as we continue in prayer, let us consider the theme, we who belong to freedom. You know, every writer writes to his or her community specific messages that the people can resonate with. There are those who write specific messages to a particular community, like Toni Morrison's writings, whether in Beloved or The Bluest Eye. She's writing about the experiences of African Americans, and especially women's experiences. Malcolm X, he wrote to a community struggling with oppression and degradation, financial insecurities, among other ills. A community who wanted its full rights as citizens in the 1960s, a community who wanted those rights by any means necessary. Flannery O'Connor, great Southern writer who wrote short stories and the book Wise Blood, among other writings, wrote to address the specific experiences of Southerners in the 1930s and 40s and 50s. I can resonate with some of those experiences of people sitting on the porch, perhaps in a rocking chair, sipping on a tall glass of iced tea. And yes, even Martin Luther King Jr. wrote about experiences in his time. And today we remember the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The life of a man that when he wrote to that particular community, he wrote about nonviolence, about love, and about respect for all humanity. Today we remember him. Today we pause to say thank you, Dr. King. We thank you for your prophetic voice, your witness, and your commitment to justice. But do you know who else wrote to a particular community? The writers of the Gospels. They each wrote to a particular community from their unique perspective. And so Matthew wrote to a Matthean community, John wrote to the Johannine community, and today we have the privilege of hearing those words from the Gospel of Luke. Luke, the physician, who wrote to a particular community, a, a community of urban dweller, dwellers, a community of people fighting and striving for freedom. A particular community of people struggling to get there. It was a community where they were marginalized, disenfranchised, and regarded as second-class citizens. Yes, it was Luke who elevates women. 
It was Luke who elevates the disenfranchised. How do we know that? Because today, in this gospel, Jesus opens up the scroll. And he begins to preach, and it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because God has anointed me to preach the good news. And old sisters and brothers, Dr. King preached the good news. Dr. King preached to the nation. Dr. King was the conscience of this nation to set the captives free. Yes, we see in the Exodus text, God through Moses wanted to free the people. So God sent Moses down and Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And now some 5,000 years later, we hear another prophet, a prophet who comes in the 20th century, He is a prophet who speaks to a nation. And again, he is the conscience of the nation and reminds the nation that it issued black Americans a bad check. This prophet, reciting the words of Moses, says, let my people go. Some of us may recall his chant. Some of us may have been there for the March on Washington. Reverend Carl tells me he was there. Some of us have those memories of whether we were glued to the television and affixed and transformed. We heard him in his chant, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Church, we might be free, but we've got a long way to go. See, Dr. King's voice comes singing through the generations some 50, nearly 60 years later to us today. The question for us is, are we truly free? Are we that beloved community that Dr. King dreamed about? Are we the community where blacks and whites, Protestants and Catholics, Jew and Gentile can come together? Yes, here at Christ Church, we are thankful that we have a bit of diversity among us. And yet there's more we can do. There's more that even we can do. And when I think of freedom, I think of the movement for change and social equality. I couldn't grow up as a little black girl in the South, not hearing all of the stories. And I know it wasn't simply hyperbole, but I I know that I have family members and friends from the community who knew about this movement for change. Why? Because they were a part of sit-ins and boycotts, bus rides, and marches. Yes, today we might want to shout, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty. We are free at last. But I cannot help but think of Ella Baker, the freedom fighter, community organizer, and social justice advocate who coined the words to a song I can hear Sweet Honey in the Rock singing right now. Some of y'all know Sweet Honey in the Rock. Sure you do. Born in Norfolk, Virginia, reared in North Carolina, Ella Jo Baker, Graduated in 1927 from Shaw University as class valedictorian. And she worked alongside Dr. King and so many others in the Southern Christian Leadership Conference and 
the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. The song is an anthem, a meditation on the ultimate lesson of the freedom fight passed down generationally by Miss Ella herself that is meant to be spoken boldly out loud or under one's breath as the situation demands to empower both purpose and resolve. We who believe in freedom cannot rest. We who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes. Oh, I wish I could sing today, Ben. I wish. <laughs> Laquita, I wish I had the gift. But a word set to voice and rhythm or a charge, a, a call to action wrapped in sonorous tones that harkens back as far as the slave days and forward to a new generation of equality, fairness, and justice. And yes, acceptance for everyone, no matter what their origin. In all of our scripture readings for today, we see a common theme, and that theme is freedom. Old Dr. King had a dream, and I believe he worked for that dream of freedom and racial equality to come true. Just as Moses did not see the promised land, Dr. King did not see the dream come to fruition. But what Dr. King had that we must have is a faith that God will see it come to pass. Oh, the God that we serve, church, will ensure that the beloved kingdom comes to reality. So today we are called to do our part. We are called to do our part. We are called in the midst of a rise in anti-Semitism, racism, bigotry, xenophobia, homophobia. Today we are called to do as God's children, the disciples of Christ, to bring about that beloved community. We are called to do the work of freedom. For we who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes. We cannot rest, no less we forget how far we have come, but yet even regressions abound. So as I reflect on these passages of scripture today, I am reminded of Dr. King's own words concerning this gospel. He said, we know through painful experience that freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. This Jesus Luke writes about is telling his followers, we must be willing to continue to fight for freedom. Not only was Martin Luther King Jr. a rare example of one who truly believed the gospel message, but he lived out this gospel message. Yes, in his advocacy for others, all who were oppressed, all who were disenfranchised, all who simply wanted a sense of peace and equality, fairness, and justice. Yes, this 20th century prophet leaves us wondering again how best to employ the essence of his statements and letters and speeches in ways that are genuinely helping us combat the social ills of our time. Even those that persist from his time. 
What are we to do? Except our part. Because we who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes. So there's a work for you to do. There's a work for me to do. There's a work for all of us, God's children, to do. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord God is upon us. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon us to preach good news to the poor. We've been anointed to preach good news to the poor. God has sent us to proclaim freedom to the prisoners. God has anointed us to offer the recovery of sight to the blind. And yes, to let the oppressed go free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So the question I have for you today is, if you are a freedom fighter, are you willing to do just as Jesus, just as Jesus came to do? He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me. If we would open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts, even our hands this day, we might feel that anointing. That anointing that's falling even upon us now in a fresh and a new way so that we might too strive for freedom. Because there have been advances, let us not be fooled. All have not experienced that freedom and equality. And we who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes.